this might be unfair. So you can t- just tell me, no, that's okay. But uh, like, what's, what's kind of the elevator pitch that you give when you're say at a, at a fair or at a conference where there are people or maybe there's students and families coming around and, and they're interested, they're looking for new opportunities. I know we started off and you kind of gave the definition, but mm. if, if you think about like, how do you sell this idea to someone who's not entirely sure, like what's the quick pitch that really opens the door to get those students more interested? Well, I think oof, it really, one of the things I always start with when, I, especially if I'm at a fair and I'm talking to an individual family and I don't have to just pitch a room is I talk to the student about what they're interested in and what their motivations are for what they're doing after high school. Because a lot of people don't actually know why they're choosing what they're choosing. They're just kind of going with the flow and they, they, the, they're trying not to swim against the current to yes. extend that analogy. Yes. Um, and so we kind of, I try to dig a little bit deeper, even if it's a brief conversation and just ask some probing questions about why they're making the choices they're making and, and just kind of try to express the fact that a gap year is the most customizable form of education that you can give yourself because it really asks the student, what do you like doing? What do you want to learn about yourself? What kind of, let's be real, what skills do you need to be a functioning adult? Um, And what do you want to study once you get to college? And if a student has answers for some or all of those things, they're a good gap year candidate. Um, And I would, I would challenge you to find someone who isn't a good gap year candidate. And I think that's the biggest challenge. There's so many ways to do a gap year right, that it's sometimes hard to boil it down to a single sentiment. And that's why I think we have a challenge in communications around gap time is that people kind of try to pigeonhole it as, as one thing or another. And really it's, it is about more about the qualities of the gap time, that it's formative, that it's, it gets you out of your comfort zone, that it's intentional and meaningful and productive and mentored the qualities more than the actual actions that you do. And so I don't think I'm actually doing a very good job no, of no, giving no, but- you that, of giving you that elevator pitch, but it is, I think it's one of the biggest challenges is that it's hard to boil it down. And yeah. so it's, yeah. No, I mean, I, and I think that's fair too, because we've just met here, but you strike me as a person who's good at your job and, and a big part of any kind of consulting or advising or tutoring or anything like that. I mean, anything where you're working closely with a person, especially as they're trying to make a big decision about education career or something like that is that you have to be very responsive to that person. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I say what's, you know, how do you make that pitch? As I was asking it, I was in my head thinking like, this is unfair because if you ask me, how would I sell someone on my services for say college admissions essays and things like that? I, I could do it 10 different ways depending on who was standing in front of me. Mm. And, and so I, what you said is, is good. And I think to be fair, you probably really have to be in that conversation and be able to get the answers to some of your questions before you can really proceed with it. Mm. You know, that, Although, that really needs to be like a conversational kind of piece, I would imagine. Yeah, I think that the quickest pitch that I can give, and this one people kind of give me side eye because they don't believe me, but I can, this is what I say, and I'm 100% serious when I say this. I have come across thousands of people who have taken gap time because I've worked with hundreds of students and I meet people at cocktail parties who've taken gap years and all the other students who I come into contact with through my podcast and other ways of, of meeting people who've taken gap time. And everyone has told me that it was one of the best decisions they've made and one of the most meaningful years of their life. I've never, ever come across someone who has regretted taking a gap year. And I think that's the only situation I can even think of. You even, you talk to people a hundred people who drive a Lexus, there's going to be one of them who hates that car. (laughs) And I've never come across anybody who's, who's not thought that their gap year was one of the best years of their life and not necessarily easy, not because it was easy because a gap year is not supposed to be easy, but that it was one of the, like, it's the thing that made them who they are. And I think that that's a great argument for taking one. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it makes it an exciting thing, I think, for you to be doing, you know, as, as, mm. you know, as your, as your work to help someone to find that experience um, it, as a, as a technical question, and this might be my last, my last technical question for you, mm. but as we're thinking about the number of students who, you know, in the class of 2020, they're already admitted, they have deposits down, or, you know, some schools are changing how they're handling deposits, things like that. I know that I've talked to some students who are considering deferring their admission and maybe doing a gap year or something like that. Each school does it a little bit differently, but in your experience, what's the process that a student goes through to communicate with the university and to try to defer the admission for a year so that they have the opportunity for a gap year? I mean, is it as simple as just calling the admissions office and saying, hey, I want to wait a year? Or is it sometimes more complicated than that, you know, depending on the school? Yeah, I think that there is usually a process, um, what we call it a formal deferral process. And most commonly, there's a form on the website, if they're they're gap year friendly, and they have this down to a science, there's usually a form on the website, or they ask you to write a letter of deferral. And in that letter, you would talk about why you want this gap year, and what you hope to do with it, and then how it's going to make you maybe a better campus citizen or better student or something like that. And then they grant, they, they would say, okay, we've granted that deferral and you make sure that your deposit is down at that school. And then they may check in with you throughout the year as well. Some schools have different policies about kind of revisiting what you're doing with your gap time because they want to make sure that it's use, that's useful and productive. But um, they also, it's not binding. So if you write something in your letter about what you want to do and then coronavirus changes your plans, they won't hold that against you or anything. And in, in some cases, I'm, I'm advising my students to talk about what their you know plan Bs and Cs might be if they can't do what their first choice thing is. But the one thing to note this year is that you should not list coronavirus as the reason you're taking a gap year even if that's one of the compelling reasons why you're taking a gap year this year. Colleges want to know that you're going to do something with your year, not that just you don't want to go to school right away. Right. That's great. Yeah. And I know that I've had some students do this, but one was through a very formal sort of organized organization. And he, Mm. he worked for a year, most of a year in two different African countries. Another student who recently did this, did it sort of informally and she went and lived with family in Korea and worked. And then she went to live with a, family friend in China. And then she bounced across like four different uh, East Asian countries mm. and then went on like a series of mini vacations as she made her way home, you know, back across the, around the world and, and across the country. And it, it was incredible. And she had so many cool things to say, but that was when she very much had a structure on her own, mm. but she coordinated that. I believe she's at university of Virginia. One of the other students is at William and Mary. I mean, you know, these are students going to good schools. And so, you know, we know yeah. this can be done, but as more students are looking into it, I think making sure that one, you have a good plan in place, and then two, making sure you've communicated that appropriately to your school of choice is going to be very important too, because mm-hmm. while the gap year provides you with some cool opportunities, you don't want to maybe lose the other opportunities that you were looking forward to. 